This is Lost in the Groove. And I'm Mike. I'm Dave. We hippies have come together to spark change. So together, we give you our society and culture podcast. So with that, let's get funky and let the intro music play, baby. guys so we are here for season six uh we're gonna be covering humanitarian uh the work of the people the people for the work and to start things off we have a extra special guest an environmentalist her name is kathy she will be our guide our leader and our inspirer today so without further ado kathy would you like to introduce yourself tell us a little about yourself and about your work Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Dave and Mike. Uh, so my working title is Kathy Crowley Laughing Bean Queen. It's sustainable solutions for today's challenges, and there's lots. You know, I actually joke and say, um, we can't come up with solution until we have problems. So thank God we have all these problems because lots for people to do. <laughs> uh, I joked right tongue in cheek. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, do you, do you have any anything you'd like to, to start with? Um, not particularly. Um, the, um, the introduction was quite, quite good. Uh, anything you're working on currently you want to share with us? Um, Kathy? Yeah. Yeah. It's the 20th anniversary of, uh, Kathy's Crowley composters selling worms by the pound for 20 years. I mean, I have to have some kind of dedication to the planet, I guess. <laughs> you know, selling worms by the pound, I don't have repeat customers. I do have a few that, you know, something happens to the worms and they need more worms. But otherwise, the worms breed like rabbits. And <laughs> um, yeah, so once you get worms, you always have worms if you look after them and you're giving them away. So that's bad for business. <laughs> so let me asking, what are the worms exactly used for? Ah, oh, yes. Thank you. I, I, it's funny because I assume that people automatically know what I do, right? When, you, when you're so immersed in something, you're, you're in it and it's your world. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for that prompt. It's, uh, this is indoor composting with worms. Uh, same idea as outdoor composting, uh, you know, it, except it's done inside with worms, so totally different. <laughs> so, if, so composting outside is... Um, no special equipment is required. Maybe you have a pile or a composter. You add in your yard waste, your food scraps, turn it, add water. After a certain amount of time, it turns into compost that you can put in your garden. This is the same idea, except done inside with, with worms, special worms. And the worms, though, the, the carbon, so it's carbon and nitrogen. The carbon that we use is shredded paper, could be leaves, straw, cardboard. And the nitrogen is the food scraps. And the worms require both, and they are special worms that stay in the bin. I mean, it's in a container. The worms eat everything, and then they turn it into black gold. And I started my business as a waste management tool. I'm located just north of Toronto in Canada, largest city in the country, and our landfill closed in 2002. Wow. And we, I know, right? It That's filled up amazing. like, oh, we didn't know. It's like we didn't have a solution. <laughs> We're like... You know, oh, there's still room for tomorrow's garbage. Okay, good. So they go fill it up. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, it filled up. What are we going to do now? <laughs> what, well, what did right? they do? Where's the new one? Yeah, you want to know what the, where the new one is? It, well, it was in Michigan. <laughs> huh. Wait a minute. So they brought it over to the United States. Can you imagine? 
So here, here's some stats for you. Six million people in the greater Toronto area, half live in condos, right? Like any lar- larger urban centre. Condos, townhouses, apartments, space without outdoor composting. Um, yeah, six million people. That's a lot of garbage. And at the beginning of the program, when we started exporting our garbage, um, 200 garbage trucks daily <clears throat> made the trip Monday to Friday, a thousand trucks a week. Wow. Wow. Thank you. For yeah. That. I mean, you know, the, the smartest thing to do is reduce waste entirely, but we, we just consume so damn much all the time. And, uh, packaging is, uh, almost necessary. And, uh, you know, and that ties in with, um, the, the greater needs, right? Petroleum is in everything. And so that's where all the plastics come from. And without it, we don't have a lot of the goods that we need and it just keeps piling up. I've seen these incredible programs out at sea that uh, are designed to just collect, collect plastic right off the surface of the water. Um, some incredible work being done there. But I've never heard of shipping trash to a whole other country. I, I recall there was a period of time China was taking some of our recyclables. I don't know yeah. if that's oh, still going Oh, garbage on. is shipped. Oh, you would be surprised, Mike. Garbage is shipped around the world. And from like developed countries, you know, North America over to developing countries. Um, oh my gosh, like India, we, Philippines, we ship a lot. And I'm not what's just the pur- what's the purpose? Do you know? Uh, any, uh, yeah, to get it away, right? And then it's away. You know, it's not, not in my backyard anymore. It's, it's literally that because now, uh, now China, as you mentioned, China's stopped accepting all of the recyclables. Maybe not all, they might still accept some, but so now it's like, what do we do with all this stuff that we're accepting? The recycling po- program is really a boondoggle. It's, it's a ridiculous program and it's a waste of money because the problem is the aftermarket. It's fine for governments to say, sure, we're, we're going to give you these bins, put them out and everyone can look out and on garbage day and be like, oh, look at everybody's playing the blue bin game or everyone's participating. There's my tax dollars hard at work. Wouldn't it be better? So, so then what happens is, depending on what's what's required in the plastic industry, though those markets and those plastics are so different. You know, they have different numbers on them. They're different values. They're different thicknesses. They have different ingredients. I don't. I don't know exactly what well, they are. De- well, they're developed. They're developed differently because you know they all come from the same place, but some are are developed from liquid, so a liquid plastic, a pallet mm. plastic. Uh, it, it's, it's really horrible because for me, I remember, this is how I know this. I watched the whole documentary on, on plastic and I got so disgusted that even in my own home and my mother hates me for this. I don't buy plastic forks and knives and plates. I right? have all met and she goes crazy. She's like, well, why don't you get plastic? And I'm like, well, a, it's wasteful Two, I feel disgusting every single time I have to open up the trash and it's like. It's a perfectly good fork. Why do I have to throw it away? Right? Exactly. Oh, when I go to a fast food outlet, it's not very often, but I'll take my dishes with me. I'll take my either a container. And and there's a place that mocks me. Like, it's not a franchise. It's, you know, just a mom and top pop. And and the owner makes fun of me when I go in with my containers. And I, and I say, you know, don't you have children? Like, look at you selling your stuff in styrofoam. <laughs> like, don't mock me. Like yeah. you can be saving money. You're, you could be saving money because you're not buying the, the disposable stuff. Then you don't have to pay to dispose of it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, right? in all you fronts. Don't have to, right. 
or doing the dishes. You don't have to wash the dishes. Like get your customers to bring their dishes that are taking home the food. I, you know, we did something similar here in Los Angeles, right? We're uh, having everybody reuse their bags. Um, this would take it another step further. Excuse me. It, it would take it another step. Exactly. And uh, regarding the plastic forks and cutlery, I carry like metal ones with me. And if I go to a buffet or something, I was involved in a networking group and it involved dinner and they would have oh, all the disposable stuff, all like everything, you know, plastic, everything. And I brought my dish, I, my plate, I brought my cutlery and people were like, Lou, look at you and your fancy dishes. I'm like, you could have fancy dishes too. They're from my cupboard at home. <laughs> It, it, you know, it, it's really crazy because look at the car industry, for example. Most, it's going to blow a lot of people's minds. A lot of cars today use, you know, res, like reuse steel and irons and metals and also, for example, the paneling on the cars. Now, the car company wants you to believe that they're doing it because they want to save the environment. The real reason is, is that it's too expensive to get the new stuff, make it into the to the shapes and whatever for the car's frame and build a car so they use old stuff to make new because it's actually cheaper not because it's helping the planet right yeah it's spin (laughs) right you can spin it any way you want Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and there's all kinds of that don't you find there's tons of that going on the green washing and we're like oh they said it's uh natural yeah, that's just the name of the company. <laughs> natural. <laughs> There's nothing natural about that company. <laughs> no. Or whatever, you know, just as an example. You know, you know it, it's crazy because you can go on a whole spiral, like even the thing with like almond milk, for example. You know, people think like, oh, almond milk is great. Well, do you realize that it uses more water than a cow uses in a year, in one day? Right? The devil's nut. <laughs> It's not a very good nut to make milk out of. So, in your own point of view, what do you think realistically in the future? As people, fuck the government. They they can go, they can go fuck themselves. I'm talking about us as people. What do you think the future would look like with the way that the world is going? Ah, well, I think it's hopeful, actually, because there are so many young people coming forward at this time that, you know, crisis has been just what's in their lexicon. That's how they're born, was into this crisis that we're in, like climate, the world's going to end, you know, all of these, all of these um, problems. And so I I think it has to come, never mind the government, as you said, I think it has to come from the ground up. It, it's it's essential because the government just does. I know they don't do what we say, but they operate because we vote them in. So when people don't vote or they don't participate in politics, um, that's giving the government free reign to do what they want. So keeping silent in some ways is more harm than than actual good. It can be. I mean, I know it's discouraging. I you know. It can be discouraging to be involved in politics because there's not enough people involved in politics. It's always the same, you know, 20% that vote or whatever. It's a low amount. I don't know what it's like in the U.S., but in Canada, we have low numbers. I mean, yeah, you got Trudeau as... (sighs) Sorry. Uh, (laughs) You have Trudeau as your prime minister, and uh, we have Biden as our president. 
So, a man that came from con artist, schemester, mobster. Sorry, uh, I lost track. What were we talking about? <laughs> well, just that this has to come from the bottom up. I, I think it really is. You asked what what is the world? I mean, if we continue on the path that we're the trajectory that we're going, we're doomed. Not the planet. The planet will be fine. The planet was fine before we came. The planet will regenerate after we go. And that's been proven. I mean, the you know, I've, I used to do... Um, Garbage cleanups, you know, so how people take their garbage to the uh, to the forest and they're like, oh, here you go, sofa. Here's a nice final resting place for you. Um, <laughs> so I would <laughs> or, or your old tires, right? <laughs> I know. Like who, who does that? I don't know. We're at the side of the road. Anyway, I, do, I used to do cleanups and I was amazed how nature if garbage is left there long enough, it's it's buried like it just becomes. You know, you it. have to kind of um, excavate the garbage because the worms, the the critters have have started to grow over all that garbage. And yeah, like uh, what's it called? I think it was Detroit in Michigan, where abandoned houses during the recession, the trees basically destroyed the entire house. Like the house oh. became the tree. I, I remember, like this happened in a matter of weeks. Like the house was abandoned, and then. Four months later, it's like, it's practically almost gone. It was crazy. Right? Yeah. So I believe the planet will be fine. We don't have to worry about the planet. But if we want to be, if we want to continue habitating, uh, you know, living on this planet, I think we need to take action. And really young people, I, I meet lots of, of wonderful young folks who have incredible ideas. The challenge is the system is broken. Like all of the systems are broken, right? Banking's broken. Our food's broken. You know, our health care is non-existent. It's sick care, right? We don't have preventative. We have like after the fact when you get you so, know, right? You know, you know what's crazy? Um, I mean, you're in Canada. So, you know, uh, medical is completely different than here in the United States. Uh, you know, I have, I have a very expensive medication. It's an injection. And, you know, I work at a job and they have coverage there. But the problem is, is that the coverage only covers 20% of, of the deductible. So that means that medication that I need mentally and physically because I'm in pain, I can't get cheaper insurance because it won't cover it. Yeah. It covers something that I need. And I say to myself, I'm like, right, it's, it's sick care. It's like I'm 20 years old. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to suffer at such a young age. Really? Is that mm. the kind of – so you're right. It is all the systems are broken because we don't live. It's when we die. You know, that that's what it is. Are, are you dead yet? I remember, you know, like I, it, it's painful and hurtful because we – whatever the afterlife, I, I, that doesn't matter. What matters is now. We mm. get this life. And you want to live your life to the fullest. You want to do your dreams. You want to be a part of something. You know, John Lennon was a very big, very big supporter of this. Coming mm -hmm. together, being a part of something. That's what's missing. And this cuckoo time really brought it to the forefront. You know, um, everyone separate, fear, right? We're not knowing what's happening. And I think... Um, 
yeah, I, I, I think the only way is for us to come together. And, you know, it's what we can be controlled when we're in fear, when, when, when everyone's afraid of what's happening, like during that cuckoo time at the beginning, it was so scary, right? It was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? We, we, oh, ah, you can't touch anything. You know, people washing their groceries and stuff, bringing them in. And <laughs> Well, that, you see, that was the beauty of the pandemic. And it was <laughs> the way that, the way that humans have evolved, okay? I'm going to go according to science. Anybody that has a religious belief, that's your personal belief. I go according to science. Within the span of 200 million years of humans themselves, under the past 25 to 45,000 years of Homo sapiens, the way that we have survived our ancestors, because Homo sapiens was the only human species that survived, mm was we learned communication. It, w it was the tool that allowed us to survive for so long. Connection, communication. Mm. So we as, as people have always been where we always relied on groups, tribes. That's how we lived. We lived near lakes and rivers near other groups. But then when you create a pandemic that has not, has, I mean, we had, Polio and effluenza in the 20s and polio in the 50s, those were way worse than COVID. We're talking about thousands, I think it was over a million kids more that died of polio in the 50s. But they created the pandemic in a way where we're disconnected. Mm. There's discommunication. And we gotten used to that. For the first time in thousands of years, humans have gotten used to of being disconnected. Yeah, so much division. I mean, in families, between friends, like, you know, marriage is breaking up because of differences of um, opinion about what's happening. It's just like so confusing. And on purpose, I mean, by design, I believe it's it's how you can keep people, you know, down is when we're against each other. How can we go against, how can we stand up against if if we're all if we can't even stand you know with our family <laughs> exactly. yeah yeah i but you know um dave i think what i'm doing here with the worms and stuff i believe it's really hopeful and i and i and it really is coming back to food right it's coming back to community to food to coming together to talking about how can we move forward in a way what do we want going forward i know we, nobody i know people keep talking about oh when it goes back to normal it's not coming back folks just so you know there and that was horrible what we had before we just didn't know it cuz we were like in the hamster wheel silence <laughs> and you know something it was one thing there's one thing John Lennon always feared was silence. Uh, Paul Simon also said mm. the same thing of the fear of silence. The fear of silence, if anybody is curious, is an idea. I forgot where it comes from. I think it was from yeah. uh, it was from a philosopher, I think slash psychologist in the 30s. The idea was if you put a person in a room and there was – no, there were absolute silence. There was no noise, no friction. They were they were alone. The person would go into a survival mode, not triggered by like actual survive survival, but triggered by anxiety. 
And the problem with that is it's irreversible. So wow. silence is a is a, a type of again, our, this is how our minds work. We're once it it unclicks, it doesn't click back. That's mm. not how that's not how brains work. You know, it's the same reason why a person that they can't move their legs, you can't take the same brain and reprogram it. Mm. Add a piece, an adaption, and then allow those motions to meet, move in those feet, but you can never get that connection back. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> Something to wow. Think about. <laughs> yeah. So, so 20 years old, that's, that's amazing that you have this podcast and, and the wherewithal to have these deep conversations. Yeah. I, I, it, it's funny. I grew up in, I grew up in Rockland County, New York. Uh, it's funny. I've been to Canada quite a few times. It's a really fun country. I was it was in Toronto, and I remember everybody was like, "It's a lot of fun." I really enjoyed okay. it. And, <laughs> um, I grew up in a Jewish community. Um, I grew up in a home where my siblings were a lot older than me, and it was a hard childhood. You know, I had to pretty much be an adult my whole life. And uh, I remember when I was a teenager, I I was very inspired by, it's funny, uh, I was very inspired by Freddie Mercury, David Bowie, and John Lennon. Those are, mm. you know, those are kind of in my way, they're my mentors. Um, and from there, with my pain and how I saw things and what was going on, I, I've always wanted to have a voice, you know, to be able mm -hmm. to allow people to speak, be a part of something. And I remember I had a therapist of mine. She was like, well, go out and talk to people. What's the matter with you? Mm. And, you know, Mike had the, the same intentions and we decided to make Lost in the Groove. I so love it. This podcast was developed out of peace, love. And a whole lot of cannabis. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little cloudy. <laughs> Just a little. But, you know, the whole thing of going over humanitarian. Humanitarian is humanity. It's the work of humanity. It's activism, environmentalism, heroism survivors and the cool thing is you not only get to learn from other people but you get to learn different ways to better take care of your life and the world you live in right yeah it's a beautiful thing that's what this time has done is connected us all around the world like this thank goodness for the technology that we have um, yeah, and I, I've met the, the coolest people over the last the last two years. I've I've done a lot of um, you know with laughter yoga. It's it really allowed me the opportunity to to hold space for other people with the laughter. I started my laughter club online because when I when I started laughter yoga, I said, "Universe, 
I don't want to do free laughter yoga because I do enough free stuff. I want to get paid laughter gigs. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what happened. That's what happened. You think like a Jew. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) That's that's what happened, right? You put it out there and that's what, so people were like, oh, I really want to come to your laughter club. And I I said, I don't have a laughter club because I keep getting paid gigs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Yuppie! <laughs> laughing all the way to the bank. Yuppie! You know, Hallelujah. It's, it, it's funny. That's the first time I've ever heard. I mean, I, I know what yoga is. Uh, I've never heard of laughter yoga. Oh, let's let's go there then, because I think during this time, like it's it's kind of part of my humanitarian effort. To be honest, I I thought I was put here to put worms in every living space, and twenty years selling worms by the pound. I still believe I'm the headworm. <laughs> I'm the talking headworm. <laughs> <laughs> About 2012, you know, um, people don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. And our landfill closed. We started exporting garbage. And I was like, how irresponsible are we? Like, who are we to export our garbage out of the country? And sorry, like, I was like, shame on us as Canadians for for shipping our garbage out of this out of the country double shame on the americans for accepting our garbage for cash but it's not the people it's the government right the government said oh this will we need to do so we're a big country of all this garbage we better do something <laughs> and we have nowhere to put it we're the second largest country why couldn't we find a spot i don't know <laughs> right we didn't look very hard hard <laughs> Anyway, so we started exporting garbage and I was like, wow, I have a solution. And this is indoor composting. How wonderful. Everybody needs this. And so I set out to put worms in every house and I have lots of energy. And, and, and when, you think, when you think you have a solution for people, you know, you're like, I'm like, blah, here's what you're blah, you need this, blah. <laughs> and then people were like, oh, I'm afraid, what? Worms in the house? No. And so, so I started to take sco- on school workshops and that's fine. I said, now I have to wait 20 years till they have buying power. You be, I made it. <laughs> and then I, I don't know what happened about 2012. Like it was about 2012. One more person said to me, Ooh, worms in the house. And it hit my heart. Like I'd heard it many times over the years, but that one time, I, I guess I was fragile at that moment. And it, it struck me and I was like, wow, what the hell? Like, this is too hard. Why am I, why do I care so much? Right? Why do I care so much? If nobody does, why do I? Like, I, I could get a job anywhere. Why do I have to, you know? I know. So then I was introduced to laughter yoga. That's what happened. The universe is really a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and I was introduced to laughter and I don't do yoga. So I don't even do like regular yoga but I was like laughter yoga I love to laugh what's that interesting and then that same week I was at a networking event hundreds of people BC (laughs) and the very first woman I met was a laughter yoga teacher and I was like what what the heck and so from there I, I started attending her club. I loved it, got trained as a leader, and then I love that so much I got trained so as a teacher. Is it is it yoga, but you laugh while you're doing the positions? No, it's not yoga at all. It's it's just laughing. It's intentional laughter exercises, no jokes, no comedy, um, gentle stretches, gentle movement, but it's not doing yoga poses. 
And laughter yoga, and I didn't make it up. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it started in India in 1995 by a medical doctor, Dr. Madan Kateria. And his goal is world peace, Dave. World peace through laughing. Imagine we're all laughing together. <laughs> oh, I want to have a chat with you. Okay, well, let's laugh first so we can be on the same page. <laughs> Right. Oh, someone says something to it that offends you. Oh, hey, let's take it outside. Okay. Well, let's laugh first, shall we? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so the so so the laughter. So during a laughter club, there's there's um, clapping and chanting. So it's clapping palm to palm because we're so serious. Like laughter has been squished out of us. And here's what happened. Well, yeah, and then we had the 60s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and people were laughing because, boy, they were, they were high as shit. <laughs> all the time. Uh, they were experimenting all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about it, when people are laughing full on, you can't control them. It's like, okay, people, take your places. <laughs> okay, sit down and settle down, everyone. <laughs> right? Like, you I can't know. even get through it. It's like, okay, we'll just wait it out. <laughs> but, it, but you know, when we're laughing, um, we are secreting the love drugs, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, the love drugs, versus... <clears throat> I got that one as you exhaled. I'm like, what? <laughs> It's Thank the, you. It's the power of the weed. What can I say? <laughs> Versus cortisol. When we're stressed, we're not breathing properly. We're secreting cortisol. Um, you know, so it's our choice. We kind of are in charge of our own pharma, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah, but you got to take the pill. <laughs> it's funny because I have I have a rescue kitty. Her name's Twixie. Um, cats. You know, animals in general, when they're your pets, they release pheromones. Mm, yes. So it's really interesting. Whenever she cuddles with me, whenever she's on my lap, I feel very relaxed. Mm. I feel, um, what's the word? You feel safe. Mm, yes. And it, isn't it interesting in how you can get the feeling of warmth and safety? just having a pet you don't have to take a drug you right take, you don't have to take oxycodone you could just pet your kitty yeah kitty like that, like that one <laughs> wait on cue <laughs> they do love the zoom those cats don't they they love being in the in the in the show i know she'll she'll pop in however butt sticking up like right in the camera. That's what they do. They just stick it right up there. I can't. Oh boy. So going back to so you were saying that you did composting with worms, um, and then you mentioned about laugh yoga. It's so interesting. You tend to choose paths that like kind of involve people because you know you can't just be like, well, I have these worms. Well. There's nobody there. You know, nobody knows about the worms. You know, the whole thing is, is getting people involved in it. 
it's interesting because a lot of people today, when they look at and you know being an environmentalist, it, it's not about yourself because you know you and you, you know you're helping the environment. It doesn't mean that you're going to change the world for now. I mean, usually the world takes a very long time to change. Mm. You're just adding one of the pieces to allow that long change to actually happen. So even though as a person you can't necessarily see the success that you've made, but others in the future will. Absolutely, yes. I've diverted several tons from landfill. And every time I sell a pound of worms, my customers are, are diverting from landfill, right? And the worms increase. And I meet people and they're like, oh, my worms are doing so great. I gave some to my neighbor. I sent some to my kid's school. I'm like, hey, stop giving your worms away. It's bad for my business. <laughs> And then I laugh, right? Like as if I'm joking. <laughs> <sighs> so like people could just like go online and just buy these worms? Yes. Yes, they can. Now they're special worms. There are thousands of types of worms. Only four have been identified for vermicomposting. And we're looking for surface dwellers. So the ones that are good for composting are um, red wigglers. European nightcrawlers, African nightcrawlers, and perionyx, uh, which is a tropical worm. So you basically just put them into a trash bin, and then they just eat the trash, whatever you put in there. Well, sort of, sort of, because it's in the house. I mean, this is right in the house. So right under your kitchen table, or, you know, not everyone wants a worm bin under the kitchen table, but <laughs> somewhere close by so you can put your scraps in there, right? It's your scraps from the kitchen. Um, so you want to have a, create a nice environment for the worm. So rather than throwing all your whatever plastic or whatever in your garbage, it's, it's, uh, like a Rubbermaid container. Then you would have shredded paper is the bedding, a little bit of soil, water, eggshells. That's the base. And then you bury your food scraps in the bedding, like your potato peels, banana peels, coffee grounds. The more you chop it up, the worms don't have teeth. So the more you chop your scraps, the faster it breaks down, the more the worms can eat. They're eating the paper and the food scraps, and they turn all of that into nutrient-rich soil. So I started my worm business in 02 as a waste management tool. That was my objective. I just wanted to save the landfill. Like, let's let's have more room so in there. They basically take these worms and take garbage from landfills and feed it to these worms. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then the worms will convert the material into nutrient rich soil. And so I quickly realized that even plastic. No, not plastic. No, not plastic. No, the organic matter and the paper. So the, the food scraps, the smelly stuff, really, when we take the compostable material out of the garbage, our garbage doesn't smell anymore. So we've got our recyclables, we've got like our plastic that we can't recycle and other bits and bits and bobs that we can't do anything with. That's the garbage. But, there were, you know, there's very little actual garbage if we take, you know, the time to remove the proper things, you know, like by doing recycling, if, if the programs weren't broken. <laughs> but they are, you know, you know what's wrong with, with the recycling pro programs and these collection programs? One of the things is that we're, we're dependent on individual users so each house house is dependent on putting their recyclables recyclables in so say in one one municipality you could put in styrofoam 
But in the next place, you can't say you move and you're like, oh, they don't accept it here. Oh, and you may say to yourself, oh, they accepted at my last house. So I'm just going to put it in. I hear this from people all the time. Because I say, you know, so they'll say to me, oh, well, they can just take it out at the plant. How can they? No, no. Think about it. They're accepting garbage from um, millions of households. (laughs) They're going to pick out your one piece of styrofoam that's contaminated. They're not. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing, for example, with um, Coca-Cola. I was just watching a commercial of this. So Coca-Cola was now saying that they're using recyclable uh, bottles. So, you, you know, you buy a bottle and then you throw it away and they take that bottle and they reuse it. You know, and it's like this new thing. Okay, if anybody is not aware of this, there was a time, actually, until I think the 70s, that Coca-Cola still used glass bottles. Yes. So those bottles, you just put it in a bin. It was literally just a bottle bin. And then Coca-Cola would collect the bins and then reuse the bottles. Right? Why did Rocket they... science. Why did they stop? Well, they realized, oh my God, we could take this bottle that holds absolutely nothing in it and make a can and put a ton of it in there and get people more addicted to our toxic chemicals. So it's all marketing ploys. And what am I getting at is, again, going over and over again, I'm not saying that we're not doing our job. All we're saying is just because a company says that they're eco Mm. doesn't mean they are. That's a great company to to target as well. I mean, there's battles up here in Canada that where that company is trying to tap into our water, you know, and they pay pennies pennies per gallon or whatever or whatever for hundreds of thousands of gallons, like a pittance of money, and uh, like lots of protesters because you can't just take all the water. And they they do this in third world countries as well. They just move in there, promise all this cash or infrastructure, whatever they're doing, and suck those inf- you know aqueducts dry, and then they move on to the next place. So lot so they promise jobs and everything in in developing countries where the people are desperate. And then they put these factories in there, and everything's great. People are employed; they're making a good wage. But then as soon as the aqueduct dries up or the where they were getting the water then they just you know abandon that factory and move on to the next one it's a horrible company and a horrible product and people should stop it stop it <laughs> but we're not going to do that we're not changing the world here Dave but you know we can let them know that no <laughs> if they keep on that way you know um it, it's you know I'm, I'm a very um I'm a huge fan of Star Trek uh and one thing I, I always loved about Gene Roddenberry was Star Trek was a realistic future. Mm. So it was a future that would make sense based on how our world was now. And if you really look at it, it does. You know, 400 years in the future to think of, okay, they figure out how to take care of waste, a replicator. Mm. So you take all the waste... And then you have a machine that kind of disassembles it to like its molecular structure and then is able to use it to create other things. These are things that will happen in the future. So landfills will no longer exist anymore. Actually, there'll be a res- an energy resource instead of an actual waste. It is well, already. They're mining landfills now. 
but it's for gonna, materials. But it's going to take you know a few hundred years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a. There's so many problems. Again, back to we can't have solution without problem, but we need to start getting on solution because we have so many problems. And, and, you know, part of the challenge is, you know, I'm meeting a lot of young people that are interested in food. You know, again, back to this cuckoo time, you know, I had my busiest year ever in 2020. I was waiting 20 years to be that busy, um, you know, because the schools were closed and people are like, oh, we, we need a project for the children. <laughs> so we're going to get worms. Like, what do I care how the worms get in the house? <laughs> Right. But the longer we were closed down um, in Canada, we import about 60 percent of our food, six zero. So when our border closes, it's a problem for our food supply, just like any country that imports a lot of food. Right. We don't have a long growing season in Canada. Um, So the longer we were closed in, the more urgent it became and people became aware that we need to start growing food. So what do I need? Oh, I need soil. What do I need? Oh, worms are the soil maker. I need to compost. So I, I think it's it's served a bit of a purpose in that people are more aware now of food priorities. I think a lot of people had time to think about, you were talking about silence. <laughs> there was a lot of silence during the last two years and a lot of time for people to be with that voice in their head, which isn't really your friend. I know. Hold on. Okay, you little cutie, come up. You're gonna be part of the part of the show. Um, it, you know, it is. It is sad because the pandemic took a lot from all of us. Mm. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I've I've talked about this quite a number of times on the podcast. Um, my dad died of COVID. Oh, Dave, sorry. So. Mm. I've seen I've seen the dark side of this of this pandemic of mm. of what it can do to families and what people need to take out of this is stop believing the fucking politicians and media they are lying to you they don't care about you they don't want your well-being all they want is your money mm. and this is why podcasting has blown up this is why radio is blown up this is why free speech is it's the new thing. Right? So yeah, uncensored. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Oh, Dave, I'm, my heart's hurting for your dad. I'm sorry. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy time. And again, I come back to what I'm offering is so hopeful, right? The worms, gardeners are hopeful people. I think in, as a general rule, we're generally happy, right? You plant a seed and it's not right away. You have to wait time and then you need to tend to your little garden. You got to water it, weed it, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, so back to the worms, you know, waste management and then soil production. And I realized very, very early on that, it's black gold that the worms are creating. Like this might be the main reason for the compost, the waste management side, maybe the side benefit because our food is broken, right? Look at how many diseases are rampant, you know, diabetes, 
cancer, like so many, so many illnesses that I don't think need to be like lifestyle illnesses that don't need to be because our food's broken because all of those companies, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's you're also, aware. Also mental illnesses like Parkinson's disease, um, dementia, you know, it, it's, these are mind diseases. We're mental illness. Yes. Yeah. And the, and the, I get autism and all of those kind of ailments as well. Like, why is there so many when, I mean, I'm going to be 60 this year. And when I went to school, I don't remember anybody with special needs when I, in my, in, when I was going to school, maybe they weren't in the school at that time. Cause they did hide people away. That's true. Um, you know, or put them in institutions and stuff, but there's, there's way more. The, the, the statistics now are awful. And it's like, how come there's such an increase? You know, I think it's the food, the water, the air, like the whole thing is broken. If we're breathing in toxic air and we're drinking toxic water, you know, back to Michigan. Michigan is, the, the slogan for Michigan is Great Lakes State. Water. You know, at, fresh, there was wait, a, wait, wait, wait. Fresh water. Fresh water. Fresh water. Yes. Fresh water. It's gold. Right. Fresh water. Thank you. Beautiful, delicious, fresh water. There's a documentary about how GM went in. I don't know if you've heard the story about about, uh, Michigan, but GM went in and tapped this really good water. Um, They had like a reservoir or something. And they realized that, oh, from that reservoir, it was rusting their equipment. So they they diverted. I don't know what they did, but they did some shenanigans with the politicians in in Michigan. There's a whole documentary about it. I can't remember what it's called, but mm-hmm. um, where they diverted. So the people were getting the shitty, rusty water <laughs> to drink, and GM was getting the good the good water for their um, machines, so it didn't rust their equipment. Horrible. Yeah, that sounds like GM. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and governments, right? Like governments yeah. going, oh, well, it's just our people. It's okay. It's just the people of Michigan, whatever. You know, it, it, it blows your mind because even with all of the wars, the fighting, the, I mean, we could go through the, the lists, Jim Crow, Stonewall, um, the assassination of, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, John Lennon being shot to death by a U.S. I'm going to say it, U.S. agent, and then you had the AIDS pandemic, and then you had Afghanistan war, and you had the Iraq, I mean, Iraqi war. You had all of this. We have a pandemic. Now we have, you know, this Russian guy in diapers as prime minister or president mm. or di- whatever shit he gave himself. Yeah, attacking an innocent country that didn't do anything it, it it's like does does anybody learn when to just be like this is not working it didn't work it didn't work 50 years ago it didn't work 60 years ago why are we still using the same system right i know why are we still buying the same kool-aid that's the question like why are we still buying the what they're selling i don't know why Hopefully all your listeners are are smarter than the average bear. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you know for again for the the worms and then the laughter during this time i've been called to bring more laughter so i did start a laughter club because i'm an extrovert and i need people and i was doing before covid i was doing anywhere between 100 and 200 gigs a year um you know schlepping my stuff exhibiting doing workshops speaking whatever i could do to get the message out that you need to have worms everybody <laughs> and um and so i needed to laugh and so i was like maybe i need to start a laughter club and i started my club online in june of 2020 um and it's still it's still going it's a tuesday tuesday morning at 9 30 eastern um free club people can come it's on zoom and Oh, it's such a beautiful thing. I've grown to about 25 or 30 people um, that come weekly. I never know who's coming. They come or they don't come. I don't know. <laughs> and, and I've incorporated as a laughter teacher, I incorporate all kinds of healing modalities. So tapping, um, are you familiar with um, emotional freedom technique or tapping? Mm-hmm. where you tap on the meridians. Mm-hmm. So I incorporate that with laughter, um, brain gym, and just, just different modalities to get us out of stress. And when we're laughing, we're totally present. We're not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. In fact, we're not thinking at all. We're just laughing, right? We're just like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And it is, um, at the beginning, it is put on laughter. So it is um, simulated laughter. And our body doesn't know the difference. Our brain might be like, this is weird. Stop it. You look ridiculous. You know, quit laughing. What are you doing? There's no jokes. There's nothing funny to laugh at right? That's the voice in the head. And whereas our body's like, as soon as we start smiling, we're secreting the love drugs. So pew, pew, pew. And then we laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Pew, pew, pew. This is, those are the love drugs being secreted. <laughs> well, we got special and- effects over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, love, we love special effects. It's always, it's always wonderful. Oh. <laughs> You laser know, <laughs> you know it, it's so funny because if you look at, you know, I, I like to call it the hippie age, uh, you know, in the 60s and 70s and all of those people. And today, I mean, most of those people are, you know, early 60s, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. A lot of them became shitholes and became politicians, and they're the ones that yeah. are fucking us right now. Yeah. Just saying. I know. Uh, and the other ones did things like you did, you know, with the composting, figuring out different ways of. And in some ways, people are kind of continuing what they started. So it, it's kind of like we're, we forget where it originally came from. Mm. But we now know it exists. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and we know that when we come together, it's so beautiful. You know, you come to these big events where people are speaking the same language. I mean, the same words where you're like, you know, there is hope and we can do this and, and banding together. You know, yeah, it's, um, yeah. It's amazing. He's back. <laughs> yes, I'm back. Sorry, I'm still at work. And oh, I missed so much oh. already. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You'll have to listen to the repeat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'll, I will. I will listen to it. I'm, I, I have nothing to say and nothing to add because I have missed majority of this podcast. But please continue. 
Yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna wrap up in a couple of minutes, but I, you know, we were we were talking about composting, and Kathy does laughing yoga. Do you do you wanna you wanna tell Mike what laughing yoga is? This is really this is really. Have you heard of laughter yoga, Mike? No, I'm curious. I love yoga in itself for obvious reasons. I want to say, but. Okay, so laughter yoga is not about fancy pants or poses. It's intentional laughter exercises designed to make us feel good. And, and, you know, so we're secreting the love drugs, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins when we're laughing. I think the most important piece for um, laughter yoga is the breath. So our brain requires 25% more oxygen than the rest of our body as an operating principle. When we're stressed, we're not breathing properly. So our body's not getting what it needs. For sure, our brain isn't. You ever lost your keys, phone glasses, and you're like, I got to go. Come on. Where are they? Do you have them? I'm going to be late. (laughs) All the time. Um, (laughs) Every morning. Right? (laughs) So I can't stop you from losing anything. But here, I can give you some tips next time you lose something. Hopefully, my voice squeaks into your brain. Because when we're stressed, blood, lymph, oxygen leaves our brain because we're going into, we're in stress. We just need to get out of stress. So um, we're in fight, flight, or freeze. We don't need our answering machine, right? We just need all of that, all of those resources to go into our muscles so we can escape or fight. Um, <clears throat> so, so when we laugh, it oxygenates our beautiful body. So we're laughing, ha, ha, ha. And when you're laughing, you're exhaling, ha, 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 ha. Eventually you have to, <gasps> right? You have to take a deep breath in. And if anybody's ever had a great giggle fest with their friends or, you know, anytime. Whenever (laughs) you're stoned and ate too many brownies. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And your stomach's hurting and your cheeks are hurting. Those are the laughter muscles, right? You don't need a gym membership. Like maybe you do because you want to go to the gym and whatever. Show off your abs. That's fine. And Um, your ass. (laughs) You said it, <laughs> right? But you don't have to. You can laugh. I have rock-hard abs because our diaphragm is attached to all of our organs. So when we're laughing, we're moving our all of our organs. We're oxygenating our beautiful body. And we're taking up more space because when we're sad, depressed, anxious, frustrated, those are low-vibrating energies, right? Like, oh, I'm so tired. Good. Get up and do some jumping jacks because you know your lymph is starting to pool right we have a blood a heart to pump our blood we have another fluid called lymph lymphatic fluid mm-hmm. it only moves when we move yeah it only moves when we move if we're not moving it's not moving either right and and deep diaphragmatic breathing it moves and laughter so um there's a few things you can do to to get your lymph going but moving is right and then and since you're a couple of young young um happening guys i wanted to share with you a documentary that is should be mandatory viewing it's called you are what you act 2018 uh hot docs film by a canadian guy and it talks about he talks about um really like you are what you act like whatever you want to be you can become it sort of and he talks about like tom cruise you know doing his own stunts and saving people in real life. On the other hand, if somebody's acting as a depressed person for a part, say for six months or whatever, at the end of that like, film. Um, great example would be Dark Knight. Right? Uh, yeah. What was his name? Oh, Joaquin. Mike. 
Hmm? Wasn't it Phoenix? Walk, Wasn't it? Walk, Walking no, no, Phoenix? No, no, Was no, it? no, no, it's not Walking Phoenix. No, was... Heath Ledger. It was Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger. Heath, Heath, Heath Ledger. Yes, yes, right. Pardon me. Yes, right. Exactly, exactly. So you become that. You become depressed because you were acting that. That struck me. So I. So this might blow your mind, but I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> That's true. But I. But so when I saw that documentary, I was like, oh my god, like. I look at all the people and I have an d- addictive personality. I know if I got a cell phone, I'd be everyone too. I'd be like scrolling too. I'd be doing this too. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I see people doing this. I'm like, what are they doing? I don't know. <laughs> but when you're on your cell phone, the thing is you have candy cane necks. So your, your physiology, physiology is physiology of depression when you're on your cell phone, even if you're looking at a cute cat video or you're looking at something funny, a friend sent you a funny text. If you're looking like this, like down at your at your cell phone, you have candy cane neck and your physiology says to your brain, I'm sad. So it's kind of a mixed message. You have cognitive dissonance going on in your brain because you're laughing, but you're looking down. So I think that some smart person needs to come up or someone. It doesn't they don't have to be smart if they come up with it. (laughs) They can happen upon it. Um, You know, we have selfie sticks. I mean, I don't, but I know people do i've seen them <laughs> right <laughs> where you're you're holding your thing out here so you can get just the right angle i think somebody needs to come up with something like well, that you, you remember we were talking about star trek yes right, mike and think about the way that they use computers in star trek they mm. stand you remember how the navigation consoles all of them they're all standing yeah they all That's have true. a seat but they're all upright because the screens are all upright that's right. Yeah, above the waist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a right? very so good I, point. So, because, so someone said to me, oh, my da- a friend of hers, her, her dad was always like doing, pulling out a cell phone and like doing it like this. And they, were, they thought it was really weird. Like, what are you doing? And she said, oh, now I get it. You know, keeping your neck straight because what did you our, call our, our head weighs neck? so much. Sorry, candy go ahead. Cane, candy what, cane. Candy cane. Candy it's cane. It's kind of neck. turned like a candy cane. Yeah. It's oh. bent over, right? And our head is so heavy. It's like seven pounds or eight pounds, our head. So that's on our little neck. <laughs> you know, when people say, oh, I have a pain in the neck. Yeah. Well, no wonder you're probably looking at your phone all day. Probably scrolling. Scrolling. On Instagram. Right? Yeah. Right? I don't get that luxury because the place well, I work you know, at. You were, you were asking what's a, what's it, what would be a great uh, invention. Um, I would say that uh, one of these tech companies will probably figure it out, whether it's Google or, or Facebook with Meta, something that's uh, that's wearable. They've been working on wearables for a while, but something that uh, can be right on your face and you don't have to look down. You can interact with it by voice or with, I guess, uh, by look, just by looking at a corner. Of, I mean, I don't know. I've seen Star the technology. Trek. But, we are uh, Borg. Star Trek. Resistance is futile. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is when we're talking about these companies. But it, you know, it's funny. I, I sometimes look at Star Trek as a way of seeing what the future could be, based mm. on the flaws we're doing now. You know, yeah, it's a TV show, so it's not a hundred percent accurate. And I'm sorry to keep on bringing this up as an example, but everything we do affects our well-being. And people need to realize that more and more now because you're affecting yourself not for the long run. You know something? I don't want to be – I do not want to be 60 years old with arthritis, 
wondering about shingles, could barely walk. I don't want that. Mm. I want to be able to walk eight miles. So you got to think about the decisions you're making now so that when you do get there, you don't have to experience. Oh my gosh, that's such a brilliant insight. That is so beautiful. I love that. Oh, you know, my whole life is about prevention. You know, I don't want to get sick. So I so I take care of myself. I do things as preventative. And I'm like, I don't I don't really have a story story, you know. It's you know, I have all these things these Sprouts, I've been eating sprouts for 20 years. I'm doing laughter now as part of my thing. I meditate. I, you know, I, yes. If you, I, my husband and I traveled in Africa and Asia for 13 months when we were 27. That was 1989, 1989, 90. And people said, like people said to me, an accountant said to me, these are your prime earning out years. You're never going to make this money back again. It's like, I'm going to travel around the world. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. <laughs> what? 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 Okay. That was weird comment. Uh, all our friends, it was when the there was double interest rates and stuff. So all of our friends were panicking, buying houses. Cause they're like, Oh, if you travel now, you're never going to buy a house. It's like, well, I, if I don't travel now, I'm probably not. Gonna, oh, I'm going to travel when I retire. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're not going to do that. What I did at 27, hoofing around with my 40 pound pack. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, true. Yeah. Right, yeah, sleeping you outside, so much more. There's no way, right? There's no yeah. way you're you're going to be on a cruise or a bus trip or something. But you're not going to be hoofing it like we were. You couldn't. I I wouldn't want to do what I did at 21, and I'm in great shape at at 60. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I I agree. That is such a brilliant thing, and I wish more young young people would would understand that if you want to be 80 and vibrant and and in great shape and still downhill skiing, then you better, uh, you better take care now and not have that second bag of Doritos. <laughs> um, <laughs> well would, said. Would, you know, I'm, I'm, ugh, blah, this is what happened. You get brain farts at the end of the week. Um, what is something you'd, you'd want to leave off? I would, I would uh, love to um, encourage people to really take care of themselves attend my laughter club. It's Tuesdays. <laughs> like if not my club, another club, because it's laughter is the fastest happiness hack. You can't be la- happy and sad at the same time, not at the very same time. It doesn't take away your problems. It just helps deal with them better. So I would, I would really encourage people to just be kinder on themselves, be kinder to each other and live each day as if it's the only one you have. Cause it really is. You know, when people say, oh, you only live once. It's like, no, you actually only die once. Once We live every day. Right. So that's, I, 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 I'd like to just thank the pair of you for the opportunity. Lost in the groove. Mm-hmm. I think we got lost for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Floating we did. around. It was fun. <laughs> well, um, I wish I was here for most of it. I feel like I missed out on a, a great conversation today. Um, love your personality, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I really inspire other people to live like, like who cares, right? We're always putting ourselves against, oh, what are they going to say? Like, maybe it's our parents wanted us, oh, you should go this route. 
because oh, you didn't because <laughs> that's where um, you wanted to go and you didn't so and, I, yeah, that's what i should do take the, yeah you didn't take the risk but you want me to take the risk and what if the risks i want to take at this age are far different than what you know what you desire yeah how does do anyone just know some, it's not up to anyone eat some else. mushrooms that's the best thing to do <laughs> yep. eat some mushrooms if you're worried about what others think <laughs> and then you'll realize nobody really cares <laughs> <laughs> no one's looking at you <laughs> no one is that's that's the thing you know i think young when you're young it's like um it, t- it takes a long time for people to understand like sometimes they have to have their midlife crisis or whatever i i, I really want to prevent i'd like to interject that so people can just live a good life right off the bat instead of having to struggle i, I mean i think sometimes it's in the lesson that you have something happen and then you're like Oh, I don't want to do that. So, so then you better yourself or you do better. I I would just love to encourage people to do better right off the bat. Like just imagine come at everything from a a blank brain. So then you're, you're always learning because sometimes people will come, you might even meet people where they're like, Oh yeah, I know that already. Oh, Oh, you really know it. Or do you know it? (laughs) You know, like, do you really know, you know, everything about it. You're not open to any new things. So be open. Well, thank you so much, Kathy, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you. All right, guys, we have reached that time in our podcast. This has been great. It has been fun, and we got lost in the groove. So stay tuned. Every Tuesday, be sure to check out a new episode of Lost in the Groove premieres by 2 a.m. in the morning and our other channels Sham Bam with Mike and Dave which is our Patreon podcast and our extra special The Shindig Variety Show our YouTube podcast links will be down in the description box so you can vote for what topic we cover next season and what other kind of content or new ideas and stuff we have to offer Thank you guys so much for watching. Catch you guys in the next one.